Hello there, everyone, and welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And we have a very special guest today. Her name is Catherine. She's actually in Cape Town, South Africa. And we had the pleasure of meeting her. Uh, even though it was a short and sweet meeting, we met over at dinner in uh, Cape Town. And uh, uh, she's actually the first guest who we have interviewed from South Africa, in South Africa. So uh, definitely a pleasure to interview someone from South Africa. It is actually our favorite country out of our entire travels this time. Uh, we've been so far to the Philippines, oh, Hong Kong, Dubai, South Africa, Brazil, Argentina, Paraguay, and now we're in Trinidad and Tobago. And we actually really love South Africa for many reasons. And um, we keep raving to our family and friends and bloggers and social media network that you should really visit South Africa for so many reasons. I mean, it's such a beautiful country, friendly people, delicious food, such a unique uh, cultural blend uh, between European, um, you know, South African and other parts of Africa, all fused together. And uh, it's also quite cheap uh, if you're traveling from Europe or, um, you know, North America or even other parts of Africa. It's pretty reasonably priced, we found, um, compared to like now we're traveling in Brazil and all that. It's super expensive. So. Uh, really big advocates of South Africa. Uh, so on, on this interview, we're going to be asking Catherine a little bit about herself, about her family travels, uh, about, um, you know, traveling in South Africa and much more. So Catherine, um, I know you're over there in Cape Town. Tell us a little bit about your background and yourself for the sake of the listeners and viewers. Hi everyone, I'm Catherine Rossiter. I write a blog called Becoming You. It's a lifestyle blog with a focus on on travel and more specifically family travel. Cape Town, as Ricky's mentioned, and we met briefly a few months ago while I were traveling through here. And I'm so pleased to hear that they love my home country so much. Thank you, Ricky. That's great. Keep spreading the word. We want lots of tourists to come visit us and explore our country. So I have uh, two children, one is 10 and one is seven. And uh, as a family, we love to travel. So that's what I started my hobby, um, blogging hobby about six years ago, maybe six and a half. And it was really just as a documenting sort of process for me because I love taking photographs and I had far too many photographs sitting on a hard drive somewhere. And I thought, let me put them out there and maybe it'll also inspire other families to get out and do things. So I started just with local travel, actually. I just did Weekend Wanderings, which is a series I started on things that we did on the weekends together. And then from there, I started growing it slowly but surely to feature other things to do with your kids weekends away. Um, as mentioned, South Africa's got beautiful countryside and scenery. So we've um, explored a lot of our country together. And I love taking my kids and showing them around and getting them to explore new different things. And yeah, I've, as a blogger, um, I am, I would say, a semi-professional blogger. <laughs> I'd love to be a full-time professional blogger. That's the vision. And it's not too far off, I don't feel. Um, but to substitute my, my income, I do make um, some money on the side doing writing and freelance social media, things like that. Awesome, man. You, you definitely have a great blog and especially great pictures. I mean, uh, some of the pictures are phenomenal. And uh, just looking at them want, makes me want to travel there. Uh, so, Catherine, uh, tell us about some of the places that you visited, um, you know, um, both in South Africa but beyond. Uh, what are the countries you've gone to so far? Okay, so as I said, we started with our travels in South Africa and pre-kids, I lived in, in the UK, in London for two years. So we did a little bit of Italy, of France, of uh, the Netherlands, 
uh, Belgium, that sort of area, so Northern Europe, I would say, um, and something like Scotland and Ireland. Um, since we've had kids and we live in the very tippy south point of the African continent, it's very difficult to travel internationally with my kids because of the expense. I think I realized just traveling to South Africa and back to, to another part of of Europe or the Americas, it's just so far. So the prices of the air flights are quite pricey, which is why we focused on our local travel initially with our kids. And we've explored a lot of, of the Western Cape, um, up the garden route, which is a beautiful part of South Africa. Um, also inland to the Karoo. We also love the bush. So we call it um, the Kruger National Park is, is a very world famous uh, safari destination. So we recently in April spent a week with our kids exploring a few different lodges in that area. And they love it. They're just crazy about animals. So that's their, their highlight of their holidays is going to see the big five. And um, yeah, and last year through my blog, I did do some great press trips. Um, unfortunately, I haven't managed to bring my kids along on the press trips yet. <laughs> I'm not sure if that would go down well <laughs> with the tourism boards. But I have traveled um, to, to Indonesia. I traveled to Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe. Um, I did a little bit of Botswana. I did a cruise from Durban to Mozambique. So that was great. I managed to see three of our neighboring countries in the space of six months, which was great. I'd love to do um, Namibia. I haven't, I, I did that once when I was much younger. So I think that's next on my agenda. And um, yeah, I've just come back from a sailing trip actually in Greece where I went with my husband. So most of the trips I've managed to do with my husband at least. Some of them have been press trips where I've gone on my own. Um, and then the trips that we do as a family are mostly around South Africa. So I feel like we're level now in South Africa <laughs> it would be nice to take our family and do something else but I'm sure time will come and uh, you know one of the cool things you do is you actually take um, getaways with just your husband uh, leaving the kids at home and I saw some of the pictures uh, great job I think I should do that more <laughs> I'm guilty of not doing a couple romantic getaways with my wife so tell us about the logistics of how you do that because I know as parents I mean fellow parents and I'm sure a lot of the viewers and listeners our parents will know it is very hard to get away from your kids so tell us about how you manage that logistically yeah so my focus in my um, travel side of my blog is to encourage families to travel together but I feel like it's a really important aspect is to look after your marriage if you're married and you're parenting kids it can be really tough and take a real strain on a relationship so I feel like it's a very important thing to also take time out and go and see um, your husband or your wife for a weekend or maybe even longer. The trip we did now to Greece was probably the longest we've been away from our kids. And it was a 10 day trip, which was quite daunting up front. I was quite nervous about leaving them for so long. Um, and we did have a few tears uh, the week before we left, not mine, but <laughs> there was, there was a bit of a, a touch and go moments. But um, the way that I managed to do it is really all thanks to some amazing grandparents. So I am a travel blogger. I'm not necessarily a nomad, but part of the reason why I'm not that is two, twofold. My kids are school age and I'm not, I'm not a homeschooler, unfortunately. I don't think I have that personality type. And so we've chosen to base ourselves in Cape Town near a good school for them for the, for the next 10 years or so. 
Um, and then secondly, all our family live in Cape Town. So for us, it's a no-brainer to stay in Cape Town because we've got grandparents and cousins and just that extended family aspect, which I feel is great for my kids. Um, so thanks to the two sets of grandparents, we were man managed to head off for the 10 days. We also roped in an uncle and an aunt. <laughs> they did one weekend for us. They haven't got kids yet, and I think maybe I put them off, <laughs> but hopefully not. My age they're like 10 and 7 so they're they're adult well they're not adults but they're like able to to look after themselves a fair amount there's no nappies and there's no nighttime waking so i feel like it's a good stage you've still got a baby ricky so i don't know if you'll be heading off just yet but um, once you get past the <laughs> the nappies and the bottles and the feeding and that then it gets a little bit easier yeah, uh, for those of you watching and listening, we have three kids. One's five, one's three, and then the other is just turned one year old. And yeah, obviously because uh, the baby's nursing, very hard to get away. We have done some date nights uh, where we left the baby with uh, uh, my in-laws or uh, my mom and uh, just do a little date nights. And even that is a good starting point. If you can get away to a dinner, a movie, even a walk around the beach or something, just do something together as husband and wife, which does not involve you know, movies or um, the kids. Because even movies, is, I, think, um, I find that is not quality time. And I always want to go to movies and my wife's yeah. like staring at a screen instead of each other. So I've learned it the hard way that uh, movies isn't considered a true date night. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go, she agrees. Uh, so Catherine, uh, tell us about, uh, uh, your blog itself, what do you focus on on the blog? Uh, you mentioned it's a live focusing a little bit more about family travel. Tell us a little bit about the history of the blog. When did you start? What do you write about? What are the major themes and topics? So Becoming You is a lifestyle blog. So it's not primarily travel. It touches on travel. And I also talk about other um, topics that I just have always loved. I always have loved reading magazines. So in some ways, I feel like it's an online magazine. Um, curated by me. <laughs> so I write about um, beauty, health, fashion, family, things to do, theater reviews, book reviews, restaurant reviews, um, and a little bit of, of lifestyle things, things that people, you know, need in their lives to feel encouraged and inspired. Sometimes I'll write a little bit more meaningful stuff about parenting, but I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a mommy blogger. I'm a mom who blogs. So that's how I try and frame myself. Um, travel for me is my big passion. I love it and I'd love to do more of it and I'm hoping to do a lot more of it. Uh, so that's something that I tend to focus on on my site and the idea is to, like I said, encourage and inspire um, mostly moms probably read my blog, I would think, um, and to just encourage them to travel with their families. I think a lot of people feel like they can't travel with their kids because they're just sort of in a stage of life when it's so difficult. And so, yeah, I started my blog when my youngest was about nine months old. Um, it was primarily to just remind me of the things that I loved to do and enjoyed as a, as a woman and as a mom, that I wasn't just, you know, someone's mom now and I had no real purpose in life anymore. So that's why it's called Becoming You, because I wanted to also me, but it's also every other mom's journey. You know, they all find that they sort of lose a piece of themselves maybe once they've had kids. So it was about encouraging them to to not forget and to to prioritize doing things for themselves so and i think travel is a good one because it's not only about traveling with your family and traveling um with your partner or your husband or your wife 
Um, but also remembering that sometimes traveling on your own is, is important. Even if you have all these people who are part of your life, um, taking a little bit of time out every now and again to go and explore something that you loved or an area of the world that you've always wanted to see but no one else seems interested in it. I think it's great to just go, you know what, I'm taking a week for me and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I know a lot of people from the previous generation might feel like, oh, that's, you know, really bad to say that type of thing. But I think we're living in a new a new space in a new way and people need to to live lives that work for them. And yeah, so that's kind of where it's come from. It came from just a hobby and now it's become it's become a small business. I do I do think of it as a business and I'm trying to treat it more and more like a business. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see where it may go. Uh, like I said, it's been six years of long, hard slog. <laughs> it's not an easy journey, this blogging thing. Um, so I've been plugging away at it for quite a long time. To reap the rewards now, which is great. So if someone, uh, my, my advice to someone in the early stages of a blogging career is, you know, it's, it's very, very hard, I won't lie, <laughs> but if you're passionate about it, you will keep putting in the time and the effort, and that means that ultimately you will pay, reap the rewards later. It just, it does take time. It's not an overnight success thing, because you've got to build up your audience, and yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to echo your thoughts there. I've been blogging for about five years, and uh, even now, I'm not at a full-time income on my blog. I got to do a lot of other stuff. I do coaching, I do consulting, I do my mastermind group, I have my Udemy courses, and then I have actually a big summit coming up in the fall, and then the blog makes me a part-time income. Uh, but yeah, definitely, um, I've been finding uh, most bloggers are not actually making a full-time income on their blog. They got to do something else, like social media management, they got to do website design, graphic design, uh, maybe some e-commerce. So I find definitely it's a, it's a brand builder, and I think one of the perks is all the free stuff you get, right? Uh, tell us about uh, some of the press trips you've done, uh, maybe some of the cool products or services you've got for free, I quote, I quote free because you actually have to do, uh, invest time in terms of doing the press trips or uh, writing up the reviews, et cetera. So tell us about some of the cool, well, can you hear me? I think I've maybe lost you. Hopefully I'm, you can hear me. I know, keep going, I can hear you, keep going. I am glad you mentioned that the, the free quote unquote because that is um, quite tough. Uh, a lot of my friends think that I'm just getting these freebies all the time <laughs> and it's not easy um, to make them realize that actually there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. Um, so my, my biggest trip so far has been a two two week trip to Indonesia which was incredible I loved it I was so nervous beforehand because it's a, I've never traveled east and it was really scary to to kind of get on the plane for you know 18 hours to basically the other end of the world um, and we went to Borneo we went to Komodo we went to Bali so it was amazing exotic destinations that I'd only dreamt about and seen in David Attenborough documentaries <laughs> um, so that was amazing. I loved that. I'd love to repeat that type of experience again if I get the opportunity. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, and other amazing trips. I've just come back from a, a few days at a five-star luxury lodge in South Africa called Krutbos. Like I said, we spent a week at three different luxury lodges in the Kruger Park. I did a cruise with MSC from 
Um, I'm going to be going on a trip on the Rovos Rail, which is the most luxurious train in the world. And they are traveling from Pretoria to Cape Town, um, which I'm very excited about. I'm going to be taking my husband on that one. But I'll be doing a hot air balloon ride above um, Johannesburg, which is cool. Um, and then in terms of freebies, I get freebies almost every day. <laughs> my friends just think, oh my gosh, what else have you been sent today? <laughs> um, the best things that I've been sent, I've got a cell phone, I've got a very big screen TV, <laughs> um, some other amazing, I get lots of beauty products because I review those books. Um, I'm trying to think, oh, like a little GoPro camera um, that needs upgrading. Go <laughs> um, yeah, so there have been some great perks from my blogging. I, I, I get theater tickets and books and outings. So we just went to the circus on Saturday as a family. I got to do that for free. Um, yeah, so those are all amazing lifestyle perks that I get. Uh, it's not cash in the bank, but it is nice to have those opportunities and the experiences. And I'm grateful to be able to share those types of things with my kids. Um, and, and as I've said to my husband now many times, I can never stop plugging <laughs> because I've set myself up in this space where I'm, I get these amazing opportunities that I wouldn't otherwise have. So, plugging to Ladai. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's uh, one of the major benefits I found, and that's why I keep blogging, uh, because even though we might not be making the full-time income, you're getting like literally thousands of dollars worth of free products services travel like uh you know all these things you're mentioning i was like yeah i got a free cell phone got a printer got a laptop um got flights before and sightseeing and transport even in south africa we got a lot so that's what keeps us going is because uh imagine if you had to pay for all those items you mentioned that would be in the literally the, the thousands and thousands of dollars worth of um free products and services you received yeah no, it's true. I also, I also get to have beauty product um, experiences, so I go to spas and things like that. So um, I'm very grateful. It's all been really worthwhile and great to be, to be able to blog and get all these perks. It's great. Um, ultimately, unfortunately, these things don't pay school fees, so that's, not, that's something that I need to realize is I need to monetize to be able to pay for things that we, we can't just pay with freebies. Um, and I feel like the brands are starting to cut on now, especially like you say in South Africa. Bit of success with with realizing that you know brands were keen to work with bloggers, so that's I think a first step. The brands realizing that actually bloggers add value, and they're going to be able to you know use our networks and our audiences to grow their brands. And now I think once that's been established and they realize the value, now they realize okay, besides just giving them the free entrance to our theme park or flights or whatever, actually now we need to pay um, a, a fee um, to have access to that audience. So I feel like I'm at that level now where I'm starting to quote more often, I'm starting to plan, which is great. Um, like you said, it's a hustle. You've got to have a few other things on the side. But what I think is a bonus about blogging, as you said, is it's building your brand. Uh, so I feel like I've established my own personal brand now in South Africa. Um, uh, the majority of, of PR agencies and brands probably are aware of my, my site now. Um, and also I feel like that will help me to leapfrog into something new. Um, so something I'm considering now is, is potentially just 
looking for other writing opportunities. So I love writing and, and photography, and that's why I essentially have my platform. And it's great. It's, it's given me, it's opened doors already, my own platform. But what would be nice is to have like the add-on option of, of maybe writing for print publication um, every now and again. So I'm exploring that option. I also feel like it's good to just, you know, use that experience to build onto your brand as well. So if you've worked in print, um, a lot of brands are quite keen to, to give you more or take you on another, you know, take you on the press trips because you've got, you've got your blog and the print option. So I'm exploring it. I'm not sure how it will pan out. It's a little bit nerve wracking. So I, I think a lot of the listeners and viewers, they'll be really keen to know how you get all of this free stuff. Uh, because like you were saying, um, a lot of your friends like, you know, what have you got lately? What's in the mail this week? What is UPS and FedEx and uh, whatever other carrier has sent you? Uh, so maybe you can walk us through how that works. Um, uh, is it you reaching out? Is it them reaching out? Is it a combination of both? Uh, tell us a little bit more. Unpack it for us, if you will. Okay, so um, mostly it's the PR agencies that contact me and they'll send a parcel of their products. Uh, their hope is that I would love the things and talk about them on my blog. Um, and I do. I have a series once a month I'll write about my favorite finds. So that's sort of a way of me handpicking items that I feel are going to be really valuable to my readers. Um, if the product and they haven't approached me beforehand, sometimes... I will maybe go back to them and say, actually, you need to pay me to feature these things. They're looking, they're looking essentially, they're looking for access to my audience. And so that means that my audience is valuable to them. Um, I know that PR agencies do get paid to, you know, reach out to bloggers. So now it's just a matter of educating them on how to also set aside some of their budget to pay the bloggers to do this. Um, it's not an easy space. Um, I sometimes do feel the guilt, you know, I get a lot of the things and I, I just can't actually write about all of them. I'd be, I'd never sleep. Um, and so I do feel the guilt of not featuring everything. And I've got a very big cupboard full of beauty products that, that I, I don't know what I've actually done. One, one thing I started to do last year, which has really worked well is I've actually started recruiting junior bloggers to help me with writing some content. Um, I'm just one person and, and one person running a blog, design and writing and photography and social media and marketing and everything is just quite crazy. <laughs> so I've actually asked um, a few, like I had about six beauty um, bloggers join me as they, and they were keen just to kick the product, review it, and then they'd write for my blog. So it's whittled down now to probably three who are more regular. Um, and I'm really grateful for that help because otherwise I just get the guilt and I don't, I don't get the product out there. So at least I'm getting the product out on my website and I feel like I'm helping satisfy the PRs. Um, in terms of the free trips and that, it's also about connecting with the right public relations companies. So doing some research online. Um, I found LinkedIn was quite a good resource to, to find the right people to speak to and, and to send your pictures or your emails and reach out. Another thing that really worked in my favor, um, and it's a bit trickier when you're a digital nomad, at least if I'm based in the city um, of Cape Town where there are a lot of events um, on for launches, product launches or um, those type of things, maybe networking opportunities, um, travel massive, all of those types of things. I go to um, 
as often as I can. Initially, I would go to every single thing that happened, but now I'm realizing I'd never see my kids and it would just not be ideal. So I tend to pick and choose which events to go to. And that's a great way to start meeting people in person. And I, I think that often, like with us, Ricky, we met in person. And I think that makes such a big difference once you've had that connection in real life. Um, and once you go to PR companies, um, launches, they start to remember, oh, this girl or this blogger always attended and she always gave us good social media coverage of the night or um, she was a nice person or he was really helpful. Or good starting point. Meeting people in person, if you can, is, is always great. It kind of sets you apart from other bloggers, I think, because a lot of people stay behind the screens and don't reach out. Um, and then, you know, Emails just get lost in the system, unfortunately. As many times as you send out pitch emails, it's great, but I think people are drowning in the inboxes at the moment, so sometimes it's tricky. Um, if you're looking to connect with PRs, Twitter is also a good place. Um, trying to just send a DM to the, yeah, if they're following you, I suppose. Not always easy, but Twitter is a good spot to try and find people and, and get to speak to someone. Generally, that's a social media person, so you'd have to ask them to point in the direction of their PR. It generally is someone different, but it's a starting point. So if you're looking to find people, that's a good way. Some great insights there into blogging. Uh, I can relate on so many fronts. I mean, especially with the overwhelm of all these different products. I am um, back in Vancouver, BC, Canada, where we're from. I would have a desk where I'd be working from, and literally there'd be like a stack of stuff that I need to review. And I would get so overwhelming because uh, um, I would say yes to everything at the beginning, and I would be like, oh, free stuff. And then uh, I would be like, same like you. I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to not review them. So I'd leave them on my desk, and it would just pile up. So I wish I'd, I followed you in, in terms of getting a junior daddy blogger. Uh, I never actually thought of that, but actually that's a great way of solving the problem. And I, I think also saying no, um, I, I started saying no to products I just don't need. Um, I don't need another, you know, doohickey or whatever. Like they would just say, um, you know, um, would you like to review this and this and this? And then um, after the first few years, I was like, no, unless I really want it and I know I'm going to review it, I'm just going to say no to them unless they can obviously have a budget for it. Um, so yeah, some of the lessons I've learned um, after years of blogging as well, Catherine. I think I need to learn that lesson, the one of saying no, because um, yeah, it's not a bad problem to have that you you get too popular to you know be able to feature everything. It's not a bad problem. I mustn't complain. But saying no to product or saying no to events. Um, it makes you a little bit more exclusive. So then that also raises your value, doesn't it? Um, I can't actually get to everything. I, I'm, I have a desk and a bed and a cupboard and a room <laughs> and it's getting a bit too crazy. Uh, so I literally have, yeah, I have to start saying no. Yes, uh, yeah, and it's kind of funny where we're talking about this because there's some people like, what are you guys talking about? You're saying no to free stuff? And yeah, we are saying no to free stuff just because it's not free stuff. Uh, it has a cost, uh, which is our time, and a time is worth more than any money in the world. So that's why we say no. Uh, so Catherine, we talked a lot about uh, sightseeing at the beginning, and uh, I'll share with you kind of our trip, and then I'd love to learn about kind of what you recommend uh, sightseeing in South Africa. So uh, for us, we actually flew into Johannesburg, and then from Johannesburg, uh, we went to Kruger National Park, and we did a, a three-night safari there. Oh, definitely one of my life highlights, uh, checking out Kruger National Park, spending my 40th birthday 
in the park itself. And then, uh, you know, obviously for kids to see animals, not in the zoo, but in the wild. So highly recommend, uh, you know, Animal Safari in Kruger. And then from Johannesburg, we actually got sponsored uh, by Bass Bus to go over land all the way to Cape Town. And uh, uh, they covered our tickets there and we were able to stop in um, uh, Durban, uh, which is amazing seaside or oceanside uh, uh, resort city. Uh, really love Durban. And then we went over to uh, um, the Garden Route area, so Port Elizabeth. And then we went into um, uh, Naisna and Plat Bay and um, uh, Sitsikama and Storm River and uh, Mossel Bay. We did shark cage diving. And then in Cape Town, we really love Cape Town so much. Um, I keep saying one of our favorites. So one of my favorite cities in the world, I would say my top three include Sydney, Australia, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and Cape Town, South Africa, in terms of just natural beauties uh, with Table Mountain, the city, the bowl, uh, the ocean, the beaches. Oh, I love Cape Town so much. I really uh, uh, admire, you know, like people who live there because it's an uh, amazing climate, amazing city. So beautiful, really, really, really beautiful. Uh, and then we ended up trip uh, over there in Cape Town. We did one road trip, actually. We went to um, Cape Agulhas, which is the southernmost point of, South Af uh, of Africa, uh, of the African continent. And then uh, we went to Hermanus and Gantz Bay. And then Cape Town was the end. And then we flew over to here to uh, South America. And we had the pleasure of meeting Catherine over there in Cape Town. And a few other bloggers as well. A shout out to Vaughn and uh, uh, John John and uh, a few others. Uh, but we, we really, really love uh, South Africa. So tell us about, um, you know, some of the things you would recommend. I think you've done a lot more because you live there. So uh, you obviously have covered a lot more in much more detail. So tell us about some of your highlights and sightseeing attractions you would recommend to tourists who are coming to South Africa for maybe the first time. Okay. Well, it sounds like you covered a lot of it. Well done. I'm very impressed. Um, so I'm in Cape Town. Uh, Cape Town is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. I think everyone needs to see it uh, to believe it. One of my favorite things to do in Cape Town is to take a helicopter flip. I'm not sure if you managed to do that, but it was amazing. Um, I've done it twice. And um, NAC Helicopters is the company I've always used. And it's beautiful, really amazing to see from the sky. Um, so if you can get to the top of Table Mountain, that would be great as well. I think that would be a really good opportunity for everyone who's visiting Cape Town. Um, and then this uh, going down to Cape Point to see the penguins at Boulders Beach is always a highlight in Cape Town. Um, the Kirstenbosch Gardens is beautiful. Um, maybe going for a small hike on Silvermine Reserve is amazing thing to do as well. It's, it's very easy hike with kids. Um, and it's beautiful because you're among the fanbos and you get amazing different views as well. And then um, one of the things that we love to do in Cape Town is uh, go to the wine farms. So we love wine. And Constantia is the oldest wine route in Cape Town. Um, there's quite a few wine farms actually in the heart of Cape Town City, all in the Constantia suburb, which is literally um, and so there's a few different ones that are really beautiful. Um, Eagle's Nest, Constantia Glen, Bow Constantia. Crude Constantia is the oldest one, so that's also worth the pilgrimage. Um, and then if you if you really do love wine and you want to have a little bit more time to explore, then you should go through to Stellenbosch. Um, that's a beautiful part of, of the Western Cape and another neighboring town called Franchuk. Uh, both are well known for their food and the wine farms are beautiful. Um, and yeah, so then, like you've mentioned, if you're into wildlife, it's worthwhile trying to get to one of the big five game reserves. Um, there are a few in the Western Cape, but the ones that I'd recommend are the ones up near the Kruger Park or maybe Medikwe. 
Um, we stay in places that are just outside Kruger, so they're private nature reserves, but they've got the big five. So you're guaranteed to see the lion, leopard, buffalo, uh, elephant, and what's the last one? <laughs> no, that's it. Um, so that's... Yeah, so you definitely do need to try and see that, and and that part of the of the country's got a beautiful atmosphere to it, the the bush. So I think you really do want to go and see that. Um, I haven't yet done too much exploring in terms of the Drakensberg and uh, the Midlands, that area near Durban. Um, I've been to Durban a few times, but in my mind, I think I really want to go and explore that part of of the world. Um, and the Wild Coast uh, is a lovely part of the world. I'm not sure if that was on your itinerary, but the Wild Coast is really beautiful. Um, very wild, actually. And then garden, the Garden Route, which is where you went, is one of our favorite destinations for family holidays. Um, there's lots of beautiful um, little towns and forests and beaches and lots of things to do with kids. So it's a very family-friendly area. Um, and then, yeah, I'm excited uh, to go and explore a little bit further afield, like I said, Namibia. The road from Cape Town up to Namibia goes past the West Coast, and that's a part of the country that we, we go to fairly often. There's a week, we have a weekend house there on the West Coast, which has kind of got like a, I suppose, a Greek feel to it. It's quite, it's quite barren, but it's, it's, it's sort of very beautiful, like the beautiful sunsets on that side of the ocean. Um, so I'm hoping that we'll maybe travel up the West Coast to Namibia next year. That's what I'm keen to try and do. Um, and otherwise, yeah, I think there's so much to explore. I think you were here for a few weeks, Ricky, and you didn't even get to see it all. So it's an amazing country. I think it's worth coming to see. Um, fit in as much, well, plan to come for as long as you possibly can and see as much as you can. Um, there's lots of places to see and the people will really be very friendly and very welcoming. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, like I keep raving about South Africa is definitely uh, top of the list for us. Um, and you know, the, the whole price factor too, it is quite reasonably priced. Uh, surprisingly, I had no idea. Uh, I don't know one. I don't want to call it cheap. Uh, South, Southeast Asia, I, I would say, would be probably the cheapest player area in the world to travel. And then maybe like Central America is fairly cheap. South America can be cheap depending on where um, and then uh, South Africa was surprisingly uh, reasonably priced as well um, I would say definitely one of the cheapest places on this trip we're doing uh, I mean especially coming from we actually came from Dubai we flew from Dubai to Cape Town uh, sorry to Johannesburg and we were like oh my god okay uh, we can finally eat out and finally splurge a little bit more than Dubai because Dubai is one of the most expensive cities in the world so I think it's all relative um, uh, to where you're coming from um, you know, like us, for example, from Dubai to Cape uh, to Johannesburg, uh, and also from Canada to, or North America to South Africa, definitely very, very reasonably priced. So good value for money. I would recommend people going to see it. So Catherine, uh, we've covered a lot in the show so far. Uh, to end off with, uh, maybe you could share what are some of your bucket list items? Uh, you've done, uh, you know, a fair bit of traveling already, Europe, Asia, Africa, you know, even some unique places like um, uh, doing cruises, uh, press trips to Indonesia, et cetera. Uh, what are some of your bucket list must-do items still to go? All right, I think uh, we actually got cut off there. Unfortunately, the internet is not so strong here uh, or there. Uh, in South Africa, that was one of the struggles is to find good internet. Um, but, um, and also I think it's here. I'm actually in Trinidad, Tobago, so I'll show you 
um, a little bit of the background here while we're waiting for Catherine. <clears throat> so here we are in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, I couldn't use this uh, backdrop just because of the light is right on my face here. Uh, but you can see the beautiful backdrop. Uh, this is Tobago. It's called buco, which means uh, coconut. So this is buco, and uh, the reason they call it buco is because of the uh, beautiful uh, coconut trees around. And uh, we're in a guest house here, very reasonably priced. Uh, this costs about uh, um, oh, 35 or 40 US per night. And uh, you get a, a bedroom, your own washroom and toilet, and a kitchen as well. Uh, so very reasonably priced over here. All right, uh, Catherine, we, uh, I think we have you back. Uh, so uh, all I was asking you before we got cut off slightly is um, what are some of your bucket list items? You've done a lot of travel already. What are some of your must-see places still to go? Okay, I've got a very long list. I haven't been to the Amit to go there. I definitely want to see the States. I want to see Canada. I want to see the Caribbean. Now that I've seen what your view is actual, um, I think there's a lot to explore on that side of the world, on that hemisphere. Um, and I've hardly gone east either, to be honest. I've done Indonesia, but I'd love to do Thailand. I definitely think that that's a de destination that would be a family-friendly option for, for us. So I'm looking into taking my kids there. Um, yeah, I'd love to do um, Australia. I've got family in Australia. I've never been there. So that would be great. Um, and then I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of Europe. I've seen quite a bit, but I haven't seen it all. So I would love to see Spain and Portugal. Um, um, I'm very keen to go to Israel. So all of those places are on my list. Um, there's a yeah, like I said, there's an endless list. I would love to be one of those bloggers who can tell you how many countries they've seen, and it's like in <laughs> I'm only on about 16 or something, but um, it would be great to see to see a lot more places. Um, I think this world is so beautiful, and there's so many interesting destinations. Um, it would be be great to see them all. So maybe one day when I <laughs> when I'm big. Yeah, uh, our last episode was actually with Sasha, and Sasha has been to every country in the world, 193 United Nations member states, and he's actually been our first guest on our podcast and a videocast where we interviewed uh, um, someone who's been to all, all 193 countries, and there's actually not many people who have been to all of them. Um, uh, I was reading a stat, there's more people who've been to outer space than have been to every country in the world, and there's only about 100 or so uh, documented people who've been to every country. So we're trying to interview them on our show as well. And yeah, that's one of my big goals uh, is to visit every country too. So, you know, it just starts with one by one by one and all of a sudden you're at 10, 15, 20, and then boom, you're at 100 maybe. And then eventually you'll get there, but it's hard, especially where you are in Africa. Yeah. I, I find a lot of right. people I talk to, Africa is the hardest continent to cover all the countries because of the political situation, the visas, um, safety also. Um, you know, so you're kind of in a good spot to see Africa because from Cape Town it's fairly easy, um, easier anyway, yeah. to travel from Cape Town to the rest of Africa. One of my big bucket list items, I didn't say this, but it's a very long time, is to do an, an overland Africa trip. So I would love to, to get a Land Rover or something equivalent and travel down over to Cairo. Um, and that way I'm sure I'd tick off a few. Um, I'd love to see all the countries, but I also want to see them properly. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to just flit in and out. I want to kind of actually experience them. Um, so like you say, Africa's a biggie. It's quite a tricky cont continent to cover. 
Um, but I feel like an overland trip would give me a good taste, and at least I'd get to tick off a few from that. So, Catherine, uh, thanks again for all your insights into travel, into travel blogging, into sightseeing in South Africa, and much more. If people wanted to find out more, uh, maybe check out some of your amazing uh, writing and also your photography, and also maybe ask you questions about how to get into travel blogging, what to see when they come to South Africa. What are the different uh, you know, ways they can contact you, your website, your social media? Cool, I'd love that. I'd love people to reach out to me. Um, I've always been keen to meet other travel bloggers who are Cape Town. I've even hosted a travel blogger bride, because that's what you do in South Africa. Uh, so, um, yeah, look me up. My website's www.becomingyou.co.za, because I'm in South Africa. And I'm Becoming You on Instagram, and Becoming You blog on Facebook and on Twitter. You can find me at all those places, and I'd love some new followers. So thanks very much. Thanks so much for being on the show here, uh, you know, live in Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, for the people listening, you won't be able to see the beautiful view, uh, but this is actually uh, the island of Tobago, which is in the South Caribbean, and our guest house actually has a beautiful view um, of uh, the harbor here. And uh, this is called Buco in uh, Tobago, and, um, yeah, you can do um, – glass bottom boats, you can do snorkeling, you can do skydiving, uh, not skydiving, um, <laughs> scuba, scuba diving, sorry. You could probably do skydiving if you really uh, could find that too, but uh, snorkeling, uh, scuba diving, glass bottom boats, and uh, really just enjoying uh, the beautiful nature and uh, the people, the food, the culture. Uh, so thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, make sure you check out uh, Catherine's blog. It's Becoming You. And, uh, you know, uh, follow her all over social media as well. As you can tell, she has a wealth of experience and expertise in the area of blogging, travel blogging, getting sponsored trips, getting sponsored products and services. Uh, so reach out to Catherine or myself. I'm happy to help as well. Uh, so thanks for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world.